guys, welcome to Strugglers Anonymous. The opinions and views mentioned are not those that reflect Strugglers Anonymous. So today I have a new story for us. And this is a story that talks a little bit about love, which is one of our favorites. So where do I begin? In 2015, I met who I thought was the love of my life. Before we get far into the mystical person, let me give you a free ride back to pre-2015. For five years, I was in a middle twin high school relationship with a girl. I was a ninth grade freshman in high school and she was an eighth grader. We were on the band together and as a middle schooler, you could march on the high school's band. Although that relationship's not the substance of this story, it is important to know that, one, that was my first and only serious relationship. It lasted five years. He had a, I had a great relationship with her father. We would go fishing and hunting together. Her home was my home. I lived with her for the, for the last year of my high school. My living situation was not good, so her home was my safe place. I left that relationship in 2014 where we both realized that we had a worn our welcome. We had different interests and goals. She cheated on me with a guy at McDonald's and I found myself flirting with her friends. Bottom line, we came to the realization that this was not going to work. The fire went cold. Back to who we'll be prefer referring as Red. I was not even looking for a relationship when this Red situation occurred. The way we hooked up was weird. The person who hooked me and Red up was interested in me, but I was not interested in her. Due to that, when I saw the Snapchat from Red asking, what are you doing? I assumed it was some crazy game the other girl was playing. I had never had self-esteem issues, but I did not consider myself attractive to attract a girl like Red. Red checked every box on the desire feminine trait. Now, before I continue, this is by no means a diss against any female color, hair type, body size, etc. I am simply speaking from a societal, societal stereotyping fashion. Red had long red hair, freckles, Green eyes, very nice bottoms, Coke bottle shape, weight maybe less than a hundred soaking wet. She was tiny and a very innocent, quote, quote, white girl look. What do I mean about the white girl look? That is to say Hollister, non-ratchet, Kate Spade, cowgirl boots, camo, drove a deep, listened to country music, parents might be racist. Ha, more on that later. We finally met at the Speedway parking lot sometime later that night. We did what young 20-year-olds do in the parking lot, and every meeting got more intense. Not given all the juicy details, but we had a thrill for the back roads in the countryside. We just could not get enough of each other. The relationship was more, was more than just sex, however. I found myself more concerned for her well-being than mine. My family accepted her, and every weekend we were, we were going somewhere. To the mountains, after Charlotte parties, and even one risky trip to Daytona Beach, to her aunt's beach house. Yeah, breaking and entering. We both began to plan long term. She was about to enter college three hours away from me, and I was prepared to relocate with her. Job offer on the table, apartment deposit paid. Before we had the chance to proceed, my ex of five years came back in an unexpected way. Unbeknownst to me, my ex-mother's new Red's mom. When my ex-mom's mom learned who I was happily dating, she began to reach out to Red's mom. Breaking the ice with the Red's family was a task. Her stepfather was racist and public to his opinion on international relationships. 
when I met him, his words were, I hope this is just a phase Red is going through. However, you seem to be treating her good. Keep it up and change my mind. Let's be real. Racist is very strong in Spartanburg, Union, Chester County, the old plantation towns in the upstate. He delivered the statement before my ex-mom began to feed lies to Red's mom. Those lies were, I had no goals in life. I cheated on her daughter and caused her pain. I was a freeloader and I only liked to party and get drunk and that I sold drugs. To the contrary, I was working as an engineer technician, fresh out of technical college. I was blessed with a $30 job at a BMW. At 21, this is a lot of money. I had never sold drugs. These parties that her mom speaks of were parties that were thrown by the parents every Friday and Saturday night. And if I'm a freeloader, why was I paying the light bill? These absurd lies were accepted as with no room for explanation from me. I was invited to the local gym parking lot by Red's parents to confront me on the slander. It was at this time that I pled my case, that her mom dad told me to stay away from Red. The reason was that she does not need any distraction. She's going to college and does not need a relationship. We aren't racist, but we weren't raised to date outside of our race. Red began to cry and protested. Her father slammed her so hard that I'm surprised she didn't fall. I left the parking lot with more unanswered questions than answered. I felt nothing. This was the first and only time, even in 2021, that I felt empty. You could slap a million dollars in my lap and I would not have reacted. That's no exaggeration. Things got worse at nine. Red went back to her parents' house, threatened to kill herself, as she packed her clothes and left. She came to my apartment. One hour later, cops were at my door. They could not do anything because she was no longer a minor. But it became evident that she would not survive without her parents supporting her. They towed her car. They financed for her. She made all the payments, cut her phone off. She paid all the bills in her bank card that night, a bank account that her mom opened for her and received her direct work deposit from work. Me and Red kissed each other goodbye with the promise of I'll see you later. This isn't goodbye. Over the next two years up to 2018, we hang out and they were here and there and remnants of what could have been. These meetings were entirely random and I'm so happy they occurred. I learned so much from myself and I watched her grow. A part of me was healing through these meetings. The end goal was, we will be together, was placed on pause because we just honestly enjoy our NSA hangouts. We told ourselves that we would continue to grow and develop and see where things end. I had no time for a relationship due to my career progression, and she was trying to find herself in the senior college. I had one last meeting, which was so intense that I cried the next morning. I almost fell back in the realm of, we're back together. Life is cruel. Believe that if a person truly loves you, well, you will not allow anything to come in between that love. The excuses and resonance we put behind not trying again at that time outweighed the potential of companionship. We stopped hanging out in mid-2018. Red eventually got pregnant by a college football player and is now living the single life back at home with her parents. Oh yeah, and the baby is mixed. I guess the biggest thing that I've learned from this experience is that a relationship cannot survive with the parents not dating you as well. Be honest with yourself. Love should not be justified. True love will overcome all obstacles. People coming to your life for a reason at a different season. 
Wow, what a story. Seriously, what a story. Talks about so many, so many deep situations, so many deep feelings. So thank you for sharing that story. It truly touches my heart because I sounds like you went through a lot and so did Red. So let's talk about your situation, what happened. First thing is that love, that young love. I remember that young love when you just think that world is all in your hands because you are in love with that person. And when you're that young if and it's your first love, you feel invisible. You, you feel unstoppable. You feel that you can do anything on your own just because you love this person. And you don't take a lot of things into consideration at that point because love is all you need when you're that age. Then you start growing up as you did in this relationship and you start to understand a couple of things that need to be present for a relationship to truly blossom and work out. So first of all, if you are in that stage, enjoy that love. It's beautiful. The next thing that we like to talk about, I would like to talk to you guys about is the racism. Before the ex-mother came into the picture, this person already knew that the step-parent, step-father in this case, was racist. Uh, when he mentioned that um, that hopefully, hopefully this was only a phase, um, changed my mind. That was that was pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty of where this individual's mind is. Unfortunately, it's 2015, 2018, 2016 around when this situation happened, and it's still very, very up to date. Sadly. We're still dealing with this. I don't think that this is a subject that is just going to go away because this is a culture environmental issue. It is being taught at home because people are being taught the difference of a skin color and what that that skin color tells you. I was reading about racism for this episode trying to understand it because I truly don't understand to me judge quote-unquote judge based on their actions based on their heart based on those things exterior things materialist things they have no room for me but that's my personal opinion so I wanted to kind of go in and do a little reading a little research about why do we have this issue still why are people racist and what I found out is what I said Racism is a system of advantage. It's a pandemic. Racism is so deep in the modern society because people are being taught that by the culture that they grew in. You have a little boy, a little girl that is constantly being taught the difference between people of color, people from a different country, different religion. You are creating that separation from the beginning. My daughter has never, never said to me, why are they different? She's have come to me asking, why is this person mean? So that goes to show that you don't really feel that visual difference to that deep level, but you do feel the difference when you're being treated wrong. So I really think that racism is taught. Parents need to teach their kids not to be racist, not because your family is, but because the world side is teaching people about separation. So that's what I think about racism. I think the one way that we can 
fight that is educating, educating our kids, education. That is the one way I can think we can fight this back. So this stepfather, stepparent was racist from the beginning. So from that definition that I found to be racism, which is a system of advantage, I see that advantage clearly here. I wonder if this story would have played out different if the person involved was of non-color, was Caucasian. Would he have had the opportunity to explain himself? And would his word have any value? Because it sounds to me that his value was already cut, cut in half or maybe even lower based on the color of the skin. So right there we see it. It's clear to us that he's dealing with somebody that's racist. The second point that I wanted to talk about is, so Red sounds like a great girl. She was obviously beautiful, but she was young. She was young and very, very victimized of the toxic parenting that she grew up in. She was not respected and she was not heard. When you are a person, you need to be respected and you need to be heard. When you have your parents that want to control you, even when you're an adult, that's called toxic parenting. When you're raising your kids, when you're teaching them values and morals and right from wrong, you do that when they're young, in the developing ages, right? You, you introduce them to don't talk bad, don't steal, that sort of thing. When you become an adult, you should have had enough information to make your own decisions. And as a parent, you should trust that and you should respect what your kids decide to do. And hey, I am a parent. It is crazy and scary to think that my daughter might make the wrong decision when she's older. But I have to trust myself that I did the best that I could in her growing years. Now, obviously, there's some situations that you need to get involved where they would be in danger, but that's another subject. When we're talking about personal preference, personal beliefs, they need to be respected. And if your parents cannot respect that, that it's a toxic relationship and it's not giving you, it's not leading you to anything healthy. And the point, a good example of that is Red Story. The next thing that I wanted to talk about, the next subject that I hear from this story is the healing. Sounds like he had a great healing through those uh, NSA hangouts. Um, He understood, he grew, and he healed from all this. It sounds to me that you really loved her, and that was like your first heartbreak. And in the middle of all that, you understood a couple of things. You shared with us that, one, you believe a relationship cannot survive if the parent does not date you as well. I agree with you to an, to an, ex, to an extent, to a point. Reason why is because when you're young, you depend so much more on your parents. But when you become your own person, you start to take a stand. And one of those stands, and one of those, one of those stands is what you believe in and what you feel. So when you become an adult, a healthy, balanced adult, and you make your decision, your healthy and balanced parents should be able to respect that, even if they don't agree, even if they don't approve of your significant other. So even if they don't, it should be able to respect that and keep going. In that sense, they don't have to. You don't have to date them. They just have to accept you and respect you as a person. 
Again, this will take place in a healthy, balanced family dynamic. The next point that you made, it says, be honest with yourself. Love should not be justified. Love should only be justified for you. You should only justify the love that you feel for another person. It needs to make sense to you, no one else, because no one else knows you to the level that your significant other does. So I agree with you to an extent again. Love should not be justified to the world. To the world, it should be justified just for you. To you, that is it. You also mentioned that true love will overcome all obstacles. This is a very broad statement, and the reason why I say that is because the definition of love changes from person to person. We have to take into consideration how we were raised, how we perceive love, because. I'm pretty sure everybody has heard of it. And if not, grab the book, The Five Languages of Love. People understand love by acts of services, by gifts, by so many different things. So love, the definition of love changes with person through person, through their experiences and everything else in between. The other thing is that love has had a reshape it was defined by movies, Hollywood, and even uh, big stores because we have Valentine's and people think that love is that little bit of clip that you see where the couple is eating and holding hands and everything is beautiful. They really don't talk about the struggles that the couple is facing behind doors. And where you actually see love is when you understand that that person cannot be the best that they can be, but you're still there loving, that unconditional love that we have heard so much of. So the definition of love changes. So that's why it's hard to say that love will um, overcome all obstacles because for that to happen, you have to have the true definition of love and they have to match your partner's definition. That's what I have to say about the love overcomes all obstacles. You mentioned that people come into your life for a reason at a different season absolutely 100% agree with you you had this person to come into your life to teach you so much about your self-worth to teach you all about sadly racism heartbreak and letting go so this person came into your life to teach you that to equip you with those tools for the future had had the luck or the bless blessing depending on the term that you identify with of not having been in a relationship where the parents of my significant other was racist to me. I was honestly, I've had had the best in-laws or parents of significant others. So I have never felt that. But going deep into what you felt, it must have been really hard to be judged. The whole sense of who you are being judged by your skin color and not the value of your skin color, but the value that someone else unhealthy, toxic, and uneducated opinion has on that. They tried to devalue you based on their poor definition of your skin color. I'm sorry you, you felt that. And if you're actively going through this, I am so sorry. Your value does not depend on the color of your skin. You are so much more than that. And it's not your doing. Unfortunately, it's the heart that is corrupted and it's not it's not educated enough to know about the true value of a person. That's my stand about 
this whole racial situation that you had to live through. Um, I'm going to be giving you guys um, some websites where you can find yourself some resources if you find yourself in that situation. Because this situation also has a very important um, toxic behavior from the parents. She was an adult. She was 18 years old, working and having her own car. That financial control that they displayed on her on, on Red was unacceptable and it's not healthy. So if you find yourself in a situation like that with your parents, with your significant other, or any situation that involves you being controlled through money, there are some websites that I'm going to list here that could help you. There are also local organizations that I urge you to go and check out. So again, thank you guys for sharing, sharing your struggles with us. I hope that this story, I hope that this story helped at least one person to understand toxic parenting, to understand racism, to understand the value, to understand love. Thank you again and see you guys next time.